When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. DIY and How Studios presents from Toronto, Canada. Muses and Stuff with your hosts, Shanti and Lynx. Part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Network of Podcasts. Music. Culture. Technology. And rock and roll. So grab those backstage passes and let's get to the show. Hey, I'm Shanti. And I'm Lynx. And we're your muses from Muses and Stuff, a production of Rock and Roll Archaeology. Thank you for joining us. Over here at Muses Headquarters, we find women in music who have seen it all. They are the wives, girlfriends, daughters, muses, groupies, photographers, producers, and backstage movers and shakers who all have a story to tell. What would music be if not for the powerful women involved? If you would like to help out the RNRA, please head over to our brand new website and click on the Support the Shows tab. From there, you can head over to the Patreon page and make a much appreciated donation. Or head over to the shop and pick yourself up some swag to show some support for the network. Soon enough, we'll have some Muses merch and we'll keep you posted. That's rockandrollarchaeology.com. It's the fall, which means it's time to get back into a healthy routine and healthy cooking. A lot of nights, just seems like there's not enough time to cook. It's super tempting to get takeout or eat something that I know is not great for me. So now, instead of spending 20 minutes stressing about what to have for dinner, everyone can use that time to prepare their own delicious, healthy meal with a new quick and easy meal plan from Sunbasket. Sunbasket's meal kits always make it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. 
Now, getting a meal on the table is even faster and more foolproof with the new quick and easy meal plan and super speedy recipes. As always, you get pre-measured, easy-to-prep ingredients and organic produce delivered to your door. Now with 10 and 15-minute recipes. You can easily cook dishes like super-fast Thai turkey lettuce cups. You can listen to our network producer, Peter Ferrioli, talk about the sun basket that he received since he is in America and he was lucky enough enough to get our basket and we are so jealous we chose the vegetarian option and in our basket we got a spicy bibimbap which is a traditional korean bowl with tamari mushrooms kimchi and yuba noodles and then the last bag labeled was warm bean and summer squash salad with couscous now my wife just started a new job she's a long time 40 year vegetarian and an amazing cook so i was a little hesitant to uh, cook for her but was happy when i could make these incredible dishes in a short amount of time and she loved them so we are really looking forward to getting our next sun basket sun basket helps you eat your kind of healthy with options like paleo gluten-free lean and clean vegan mediterranean and more you can mix and match from any of their 18 weekly recipes and skip or cancel at any time go to sunbasket.com muses today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash muses to get $35 off your order today. Once again, sunbasket.com slash M-U-S-E-S. For today's episode, we bring you our recording from the legendary Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. We got to travel together. We went to Nashville. We went to Memphis. But something really, really special happened when we were in Memphis. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty divine. Like it Elvis was. himself was looking Elvis down was on guiding us, and us guiding us. He definitely had a hand in this. We went to Sun Studio for a tour. They do tours there. It was an amazing tour. We thought, you know, that was going to be the highlight itself, but it turned into this late night after hours session with Daniel Crockett Hall <laughs> and Plez Hampton. Yeah. So big thank you to Daniel and Plez for inviting us there. Um, we couldn't believe it. And we didn't know if it was really going to happen or not afterwards. We were just happy to have been invited in the first place. And people might be wondering, well, how the hell did you get invited? How did it happen? Yeah. Well, on the tour, we got to talking with Daniel and he was such... Afterwards, he said, y'all want to talk to me? Yeah. He's a feminist and he's such an awesome guy. And he really champions women in music and... He told us the story of Marion and told us the story of Barbara Pittman and Marion Keisker. So, yeah, and it was just evident during the tour how um, how passionate he was absolutely. about absolutely. the women who yeah. had worked at Sun Studio and the contribution that they had made. And so after when he, afterwards when he said if we if anybody wanted to go speak with him after, um, yeah, we, we kind of jumped, jumped right 
yeah we jumped right on him <laughs> and uh when he asked us what we were doing in town and we said we had been in a, at a podcast festival and he said well why don't y'all come back later and record an episode and we said holy shit okay we will yeah and um, daniel and plez were the perfect uh people to talk to they know their history they are so passionate about what they do and like we said like passionate about championing women in this industry in my whole life i can't really think of a time where i was treated with so much kindness and hospitality Ah. these guys were the real deal listening back on it it my heart kind of hurt because Uh, i just wanted to be back there this was such a fun one to revisit 24 hours wasn't long enough and uh, yes the experience itself at that studio but it was really those guys who made it what it was like just i just i will i will hold that feeling in my bones for the rest of my life yeah and they feel like you know they're friends for life now we we had this amazing night together and we learned so much from them and you are all gonna learn so much we talk about you know sun records history and the magic of recording there and of course daniel and plez talk about what it's like to work there and and it's i mean the fun even started before our tour started right yeah. we were joking around with all of the staff there before the tour yeah, even started all the staff they that were there they genuinely love being there yeah yeah it's it's a magical place yeah like you said we talk about um or they explained to us the amazing women like marion keisker and barbara Pittman, and the all-female radio station that sam phillips created in the 50s yeah he was so ahead of his time and he he was an amazing guy and we also kind of give the story of our podcast and so people who don't maybe know how muses and stuff was born you're you're listening to us on rock and roll archaeology and not so much on on our network then you'll find out yeah yeah and so daniel gives us some great recommendations of local and emerging artists and then shortly after our visit mick jagger and jerry lee lewis stopped by sun studio so obviously it's still a hub for amazing talents and legendary recordings yeah i'm excited to find out what exactly they were up to there hopefully we'll get a good record out of it yep and uh, after the mics were off the fun kept going we oh yeah had a did. pretty fun, funny and fun incident on Elvis Presley Boulevard. Yep. <laughs> it, was, um, it was just such a great magical night, and it feels special that we got to like record this moment in time too. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, I definitely will treasure this memory forever. Yeah, and once the mics were off, um, we we caught a little bit on film as well, which we're excited to share oh, yeah. with you all when we release a little travel. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. Vlog, I guess. There's definitely a lot of dancing happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I see you're wearing your son's studio shirt. I am. Yeah. I wore it yesterday. (laughs) I was wondering. I thought maybe you would wear it. All right, everybody. Yeah. Listen for yourselves. Here it is. Enjoy the show. Hey, Shanti. Hi, Lynx. Where are we? Well, I think you should tell everybody where we are. I I think you should take the honor and do it. Ah, this is incredible. I it's like I'm in heaven right now. I'm in a dream. We're sitting in Sun Records, Sun Studios. I'm looking at where Elvis stood when he recorded his first song. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And we have Daniel to thank. Thank you so much. I, this is a dream come true. And, and Plez. Plez, thank you so back much. Thank, thank you for coming. We it's really, wonderful really to meet you. We really appreciate it. We came 
on a tour earlier, and uh, it was such a good tour. It was such a good tour. Actually, the guys that we who's your tour guide? The guy, (laughs) amazing guy named Daniel. (laughs) The guys that we were here earlier with, they they said about you, he was exceptional. That's good. No, they weren't talking about me. Exceptional. (laughs) And uh, I thought that the you know the bar staff and the people selling the merch were also yeah. Everyone here was amazing. It's a fun place to work. It's really hard to have a bad day here. Yeah, you have to actively be trying yeah. or something is just wrong outside of this place with you because it's really easy to have fun mm-hmm. you know with the space and the people that come through yeah every day it's like a new exciting adventure happens here it's for and then sure. as we were taking the tour links and i whispered to each other that guy's got a really good voice for podcasting i wonder if he has his own <laughs> I guess sometimes if i have done any radio and I, I always say no i never really have i've done a couple podcasts with where i was like a guest like this and they're always fun because I love to listen to them. But I feel like I'm a really boring and, and like, drawn-out conversationalist. No way. So, no, I totally And you got to make sure before you leave this place or before you stop doing the tours that you record yourself doing the tour because yeah. it's really great. And Thank keep you. Keep a copy of that for sure. I Have really you ever recorded that. a podcast here? Uh, no. This is the very first one we've ever done. Have you ever done one, Plus? Uh, 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 yeah. Sort of couple. Okay, so Plez has done a couple, but this is Daniel's first podcast. Yes. That, uh, <laughs> this is so special. This is our first in a studio like this. Like, oh my God. Yeah, this is a bit of a step up from our little ID Audient 14 and our two little microphones with yeah. the only two. Usually we do this in the bedroom, in our little yeah. studio area that we've made. and. I thought this would be more fun. I always like setting up microphones, so it's not like a problem for me at all to ever... Like throw those down instead of using somebody else's equipment. This is an awesome setup. And we're also here with Lee McCormick. Hey, hey, yes, I'm here as well. Yeah. Tramps hey. Like Us. Introduce yourself, Lee. Yeah, Lee McCormick from Tramps Like Us, Bruce Springsteen Podcast. Oh, awesome. Cool. Recording live from Sun Studios, 706 Union Avenue. I'm here for probably my 17th time, I think. <laughs> 18th. 18th, yeah. This is the Plus 18th. has been keeping track. Yeah. But... But it, first time for him. Yeah, first after time hours. after hours. First yeah. time PM, oh, this is my favorite time to be in here because these walls are just, you can do anything you need or want to do musically or you can, you can go crazy. It's fun. It does feel really special in here. Yeah. There's a vibe. It's it's, it's pretty crazy. The, the, the songs that have been so important in my life were recorded like right in this room. Yeah. It's just I think such the a vibe. spirits it's know that they have it to themselves at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lynx and I were sitting Creeping. by a pool earlier, and uh, we decided to go to Graceland tomorrow. And we looked at each other at one point today, and we thought, we said to each other, I think Elvis would be proud. <laughs> I think he knows. I think that he knows and that he would be proud. Oh, I think, I, I totally believe that <laughs> the stuff that comes through here to, to this day, it can be somebody from like middle America coming through here doing Elvis karaoke yeah. and they're still leaving a part of themselves in the room and that I think just elevates so many of the people who come through and have like you know just an incredible talent and songs and yeah. it's a special place to record in for sure yeah there's certain rooms in America that have been just legendary for recording songs like the Motown studio Stacks were Stacks really I love Stacks yeah. Sun Studios and high royal, uh, royal recording, yeah, royal souls, all these like just legendary rooms across America where all this like, you know, the, the music in the fifties and sixties, that Renaissance and music, all that stuff was recorded in like, you know, ten rooms you know, across America, pretty much. You know, it's it's wild to me to think about how like this was basically a garage before Sam bought it, 
And this, you know, room, which was a garage, must have launched thousands of, you know, similar things in other garages where bands are, you know, coming in and they're playing and they're working on the opportunity to hopefully go record somewhere. And it all literally started in what was a garage. That's wild to me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. How long have you guys been working here? Plez, how long have you been here? Like, five uh, years? Uh, I think five years, about. It was called Magic Throttle Body Company. What? That was the garage? The garage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love to see. I'm so glad. Magic man. Throttle because Body Co. <laughs> but we should explain because um, there's four of us sitting around the microphones here, and then Plez is behind us. And killing it. Amazing That's me. He's in the Sam Phillips. With Sam Phillips right. watching over him. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't mind. <laughs> you know, it was, no, you know, it was, it was, it was all cars. Um, uh, the area uh, was used cars uh, next door, both sides, across the street, a garage. Uh, this was the, you get off a boat on the river and you come into town and you get your car and you go east, right? And that's the point of coming to this part of the area. So it's called the edge. It's still called the edge. Um, mm. Yeah. The Edge District. I'm, I'm learning so much. And speaking of which, I learned so much today. I learned so much at Stacks, and then I came here. And one of the things that we were really happy about and really piqued our interest with you, Daniel, was the way that you talked about the women when you walked around mm -hmm. um, so the exhibit. And yeah. Because we don't get that a lot, which is why we kind of felt like our podcast needed to fill that niche. There's yeah. a billion podcasts about true crime, and there's a yes. billion podcasts about this musician, and there's the first ever I just heard, not first ever, but maybe, but um, someone just told me about uh, two women who started a podcast on the Beatles, and that's like almost unheard oh, yeah. of, because there are so many podcasts about the Beatles, yep. but it's two women that are doing the Beatles, yeah, so it's really like, okay, so what's, the, what's their perspective going to be on the Beatles? What are they talking about? But the Beatles, but the way that you walked around and you talked about them, and there was one point where you said "girl power," and I let out a "woo." <laughs> yeah, I was so excited, and then um, yeah, so we got to um, learn about Estelle Axton, and I didn't even know that was the Axe and Stacks, and then I didn't even know mm -hmm. about Marion, but I'm not surprised. Oh, of course, like it's it's so unfortunate that those stories so often go overlooked. Can you, you talk know? a little bit and about Marion? Um, yes. Plez, do you want to give us Marion's backstory? Because you do way better at details, and then I'll throw in my favorite little yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh, Marion. to the booth. I got you. Marion uh, Keisker, McInnes. Uh, Marion Keisker was her, you know, pre-married name. She um, started her career in radio when Sam was 12 years old. So Marion got quite the jump start on Sam Phillips. She moved up through uh, basically a male dominated industry you said uh, she was radio. 17? She, uh, she was she was 15. Oh, wow. I think. But Sam was 12. I always like that. Sam Phillips is 12 years old when Marion started working radio <laughs> officially. I think it's really there's a great book by Peter Goralnik about Sam where he talks of course about Marion and goes into detail about her importance to the studio, the early day-to-day -day, like functioning and operations. And she would even, she believed in Sam and what he was doing so much that she would sometimes take uh, money out of her own purse and put it in the petty cash so that they had money in oh. the office out there to keep the place going. And he couldn't have done this without her. Yeah. And he was very aware of that too. He started the first all-girl radio station, which we don't really get to talk about. We can talk about that later. But uh, he, he, at one point, he was doing like a commencement speech somewhere and 
he took an opportunity in the midst of them having kind of a public feud about who first recorded Elvis. Mm -hmm. He takes that opportunity to validate her as a person he like was a partner to um, and really stress that he knows in spite of that they don't remember how this happened yeah. the same he knows how valuable her work and effort was to this place so I think I love that we get to tell that part of the story yeah. is that she uh, was such a crucial aspect of it it's interesting too when the men who are working with the women appreciate them and like know how valuable they are yet still somewhere in talking about music history they got like overshadowed oh, yeah. and it's, it's strange. Yeah, well, the people in power write the stories, so that, that's gonna that's and gonna represent those I guess people. Mostly so men often. are writing those stories, yeah. and yeah. But we've been reading some incredible books by some incredible women, and uh, yeah, no, it's super fun to be a part of sharing that story, and not necessarily that we were doing it first, because we were really inspired by this woman named Pamela DeBar. Have you ever heard of her? I have not. So Pamela DeBar was um, one of the freaks. She was sort of one of Frank Zappa's freaks mm -hmm. um, back in the 60s, 60s He and started 70s. Uh, an all-girl band with Miss P was one of them. It's called the GTOs. The Girls Together Outrageously or The Girls Together oh, nice. Only or The Girls Together. And then they yeah. would sort of yeah, film yeah. And they were like a singing, dancing, uh, visual troupe. They were beautiful and some of them were like not as like you're traditionally beautiful yeah. but mm -hmm. one of the um women uh miss mercy actually tiny tim gave them all their names miss lucy and miss Bella <laughs> and miss mercy oh, that's and so cool. oh yeah she has like amazing stories about she'd go over to tiny tim's house and he would take um a hockey puck wrapped in um it wasn't tinfoil it was like uh not saran but it was like the baking sheet oh yeah, yeah. cookie he, sheet he, right? a cookie sheet a cookie yeah. the whatever wax. it was wax yeah yeah, yeah. He, he would take out a hockey puck out of the freezer and then they would play mini sticks and um miss mercy actually was the one that inspired alice cooper's eye yeah makeup. they used to do their makeup for them before they met the gto's they were pretty straight laced like they looked kind of nerdy yeah yeah, yeah. so links and i met through pamela debar's writing workshops because she teaches writing workshops mm -hmm. all across Canada and the US and the UK and so Lynx she has five books the first one is called I'm with the band that's like her Confessions most famous I'm with the classic one yeah Confessions yeah. of a Group that sounds really yeah. familiar to me yeah. it's a classic book yeah you gotta read it I have to it. read that you gotta yeah, read it. her stories that. are incredible and uh, yeah it's been amazing knowing her and she's like amused to us she's like a fairy godmother everything amazing that's come into my life like Shanti it's like through links brought her to toronto and then i hosted the workshop and then that's how we met yeah. and um i had been trying to do an episode on marianne faithful for so long yeah, and yeah. i checked the book out of the library over and over and over again and then i couldn't check it out from the library anymore and so i put out a message to the dolls they're called the dolls miss pamela's mm -hmm. dolls i was like does anybody know anything about marianne faithful and everybody was like links does <laughs> So oh, we actually great, went when we were first meetings. Yeah. When we were in Nashville, we went to the um, Rolling Stones exhibitionism. Exhibitionism. I and wanted to see that, and I think so it's good. almost over. Yeah, like, I think this, this was the last of weekend. Year. Yeah, today was the last day. Uh, I, people yeah. kept coming through and telling me about it, and I never like got to take the opportunity. And I've been to Nashville twice, so I could have done it. Aww. Like that's the worst part. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool, but. You know, it wasn't big, big, but it was cool to see, like, some of the original instruments and stuff. It was fun. And the clothes. Yeah. yeah. It was just set, set up in, like, a tour bus. 
No, no, they had like a you know the Musicians Hall of Fame there. Yeah, in Nashville. They had like a like a wing of that. And they had in the Country Music Hall of Fame. No, it's a it's different a Musicians Hall of Fame. Hall of fame? I didn't go to that fame, one. Yeah. I've never been there before. Been to Studio B. That was a really fun tour. The RCA Studio. Yeah, B. I yeah. T- I got totally teary eyed on that tour, which is which that's was cool man. for me because I see that happen every now and then when people come through. Well, that's probably like so. the second best Elvis Presley recording studio. Oh, right. Well, that's where he did. Isn't that where he did most of the Elvis recordings? Oh, I but he's that ready. He, he, yeah, he was like. Ooh, as soon as Plez sucks ooh. the wind in through, like, wait, you know he wants to yeah, yeah, yeah. I just also love that he's he elevated it. above us. It totally like yeah, yeah. creates a I'm a just whole, sad that I have my back like to him. I know, right? I should have thought of that. Like, I, I never even. You really should have. I just chose this seat because it's closest to the Elvis spot. The Elvis spot. But now I have my back to Plez, so it just came to bite me in the ass. He did Turn around. Uh, he did a lot of work at RCA Studio B. Uh, it was a it was a big studio. Uh, lots of people. Roy Orbison ended up also on that label, uh, recording at that studio. Um, Shadow Chad Chad Atkins uh, mm-hmm. was a big guy there. There's a Studio B back in the day. RCA was like the top of the world, you know, so they could do anything that they wanted. And I just I've always thought it's really really interesting that if Elvis hadn't gone to a place like that I don't think that things would have happened the same way with him um, with his career you mean like the uh, are you are you talking about yeah like I mean the trajectory like, like I, I think if he had stayed at Sun he wouldn't have gotten big the yeah, way I that see he that. did I feel like the music he would have made though would have been would have been incredible. I would love like, would've I would've could go down that alternate history road. Yeah, of, like, yeah. What if Elvis never left? I what like would, that road. What would he? But, but you know, you I kind of take the position that like Elvis would have like succeeded wherever he went. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Not here. Like, Elvis could have gone so to L.A. and Elvis could have worked at Capitol. Right. Right. And I think to L.A. Himself. to Capitol. Elvis could have gone to New York. He could have gone to Muscle Shoals. Right. Right. He could have built those labels up. I think Elvis. Yeah. He just had a. He had such a life here, and he was so here. He was such a Memphis person. Like he. Pure. His entire life, he stayed here, and he'd go on trips to other places. But like, he was a Memphis guy, mm-hmm. and it's it's funny he wouldn't have he would have it would have been completely different if he had uh, moved away, you know, which he never did. Yeah. Speaking of, let's get back of maybe to Marion. Yeah, and yeah. Her connection to Elvis. Okay, so you have the best, like, that. you guys heard my story of how you guys like, ready? Elvis. I want you Hold to on. hear, right. I'm going to grab a drink. Does anybody need Daniel. anything? Because you need to hear Plez's take on the story. It's, like, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited mm. So, um, we're going to set the scene? I'm going to switch set mics the scene. so I can look guys at You guys cool Plez. with that? Yes, go ahead. It was, uh, like to say it was a scorcher. You know what I mean? No, I'm good. It, he was just starting it. So I was just dead. starting it, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, Marion, she liked to say it was a scorcher. You know what I mean? One of those extremely hot summer days in Memphis, and she was sitting at her desk, typing up another letter to the power company, begging him not to turn Sam's lights off, you know, because he was way too broke to pay the bill. And that's when she felt... An unusually strong gust of wind blew through the room, knocked every paper off the desk. Wait, the ground beneath her feet began to rumble and quake. Uh, she said as though the floor just might swallow her whole moments before the front door burst open and silhouetted in sunlight. Who was it? Y'all, here we go. That front door. <laughs> who was it? In walks Elvis, who Marion called a wiry, 
nervous, greasy kid with the weirdest name she'd ever heard, cradling <laughs> his broken children's guitar and mumbling inquiries as to how he might be son's next star. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Marion's she's busy, so right? Better. She's got a lot on her plate that day. <laughs> and she always says she felt bad remembering how uh, impatiently she looked up and asked, well, who do you sound like, kid? <laughs> she never forgot what he told her, though. You all know what he said? I know, I but I want like you to say it. She said his reply was, well, ma'am, I don't sound like nobody. Yeah. Which did turn out to be true, grammatically incorrect as it may I don't be. sound like nobody. I like to imagine, though, that Marion laughed out loud or maybe choked on her coffee as she scoffed under her breath. <laughs> I seriously doubt she expected this 18-year-old dirt-covered popper with his busted guitar was about to sit down and prove it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a listen to Elvis Presley's very first recording here or anywhere. <laughs> it's a cover of a pop ballad called My Happiness. Oh, my God. <laughs> How I long to be with you, my happiness. Every day I ring. Dreaming of your tender kiss, always thinking how I miss my happiness. Many years it seems have gone by since we shared our dreams. But I hold you again There'll be no blue memories then <laughs> There it is. It's there so good. Is. I mean, oh, you know how to set it up. I love I love Elvis like to have grown up in Memphis and never known enough about it and I fucking worship that man he is one of the i mean he's you the worship most, at the altar the of most, elvis the most incredible recording artist of all time uh i feel comfortable saying that absolutely yeah have you ever read um, and marion was so I important this, in that marion we forgot all about her <laughs> yeah. yeah well incredible. you know what now i think if marion yeah i think marion would be proud too mm-hmm there's a great Pardon story me. about Elvis in on his like last day in Germany. There's a press conference, which he'd not been allowed to do the length of time he was over there by the army. And at the press conference, it just so happens that uh, Marion Keisker had joined the, what was it, the Air Force? Uh, that army. Right? The Army? Officer. So she had just joined. Officer Keisker. She is at the press conference. He sees her in attendance in Germany, which is also the only like country he ever like visited outside of you yeah. know, America and um, he sees her he stops the crowd and has this a similar moment to like what Sam had had where he's like if it wasn't for that woman right there or do you know exactly what he says plus the story was uh, Marion's like or uh, I, don't, I guess it's Elvis says I don't know whether to salute you or hug you <laughs> Marion says both in that order Aww. Oh, she loved him and her her superior Officers like kind of gave her a hard time because it's um, 
You're not supposed to like fraternize with the lower guys like that. And that's when Elvis came out and said, guys, dude, you guys must not know who this is. Uh, this lady, he said, if I wasn't, if it hadn't been for her, I would have never gotten my start in the music business. That was Elvis's thing. It's and true. once they found that out, they, they put Marion kind of like in charge of like, uh, um, not USO tours, but kind of like the, the shows that they would do. Like Marion became a sort of wrapped up in the radio branch, uh, which is a really big deal back then in the armed forces still is, I guess, but. I wonder if there's any books written about her. Not yet. She didn't read it. Not yet. <gasps> working on it. Well, there's a podcast on her. Well, now, there you go. So. But maybe Looks like could... you two have books to write. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a book to write. I've got a new hobby. And I really love the fact that Marion heard something in him when other people didn't. Yeah. She. Yeah, she specifically pushed, pushed that and told Sam to listen to this. Yeah. Guy, right? yeah. That's phenomenal i'm glad he finally listened to her and gave him a shot yeah i'm, I'm sure he's happy about that too can we can i do it also a speaking of we yes. saw that you had a photo with roy orbison's son oh yeah that was a fun day yeah roy so all right i think elvis is great mm -hmm. but roy's my guy let's talk about roy like, i want to talk about yeah. roy now Roy Orbison is, I think, one of the most powerful voices, like, and, and sense of, like, he got told by Cowboy Jack Clement, who was a, an engineer here when Roy came through, that he would never make it as a ballad singer. And what does everybody remember him for but, like, how amazing he was at ballad. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I love how this room, too, kind of has acted almost as a crucible for people to be like, yeah, you think that? I'm about to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, in this room, he and Sam were very close. I think at one of uh, Roy's sessions, his entire band quit on him, right, Plus, Like, at the, at the beginning Kings. of the session? Yeah. The Teen Kings, yeah. They, they weren't getting paid, basically. Like, Roy was getting royalties from Sun, and the band wasn't getting paid. Uh, so they all quit. Well, Roy was very upset. And so he spent the guys. weekend at Sam's house with Sam basically just mm -hmm. looking after him. And what was that? I don't. Is it a phone? Oh, there's a phone on the table. That's so funny. No, that wasn't my phone. Uh, was it? Is it mine? Mine's in my pocket. It's not. It wasn't. Uh, my phone is tucked away somewhere in my purse because no, I just put links in charge of all that. I know we joked about throwing them out earlier, but I think we might actually have to. Oh yeah, what was that? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, we came in. We came in. We were just looking. We were just two humble Canadians looking for a tour, and then a cup got thrown at us. There, we're oh, accused. Ah, yeah. We were accused. That's right. No, yeah. actually, you know what? It was me. Said, it's like you know, sometimes <laughs> somebody. Sometimes if I accidentally bump into somebody, I'll look at them and I'll go like, "Hey, watch it." It was kind of like the same thing. <laughs> you where, played like, into it very well. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was so worried when I was like, Sometimes I'm afraid we're going to have to ask you to leave that you were going to be actually worried we were serious. <laughs> and you immediately played right back into it. I didn't know I didn't know exactly what was happening over there, but sometimes when I just overhear something, I like to pretend that I know what's happening, and I just, just got to give it a shot. You did. Yeah. I'm glad you played it all. So just... Just nobody was throwing cups at me. I didn't throw no. cups at anybody. I was. I you blamed me. You. I blamed Lynx, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed at her immediately. I mean, technically, I think it was actually your fault. 
Me? Oh, Shanty. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> you threw it. Shanty. <laughs> Not it's a, Shanty. It's a, no, it happens all the time. It's a soft day. Shanty. It's Chantel, yeah. but oh, Shanty. So. Chantel. Yes. Okay, I'm, I like that. It's French. Yeah, cool. So, Can we talk about Barbara Pittman at some point? I don't know, man. Do it right now. Wait, before we get off Roy Orbison. Oh, shoot. I forgot. We, that's what we were yes. talking about. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to say? What, I, I think Cross-eyed. you got cut in the middle. And then I okay, have yeah. something interesting I want to add in about Roy. About his son? How was he? Was he cool? Yeah. No, we don't you care. You met his son? No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. So Roy, um, his, his band quit on him. He spent the weekend at Sam's house with Sam just kind of like being uh, – I don't know if nurturing is the right word, but I think that is. Um, And and he was also – there's a great story by Barbara Barnes, who is another secretary here, where Roy, uh, like, picks her up in his Cadillac uh, to take her somewhere that she needs to go because she took the bus to get here every day. And they get in the car. They're talking about, like, so how are you doing, Roy? And he's frustrated because his – hit single on the Sun Records, or not hit maybe, but Chicken Hearted is like the song that he has released, and he's not into the song. He doesn't like it. And I believe it was shortly after that that he went to Monument and then cut all of the ballads that I think I think that's what he is known more for than some of the other guys, like Carl Perkins with Blue Suede Shoes, Elvis with, you know, That's All Right, Mystery Train, a lot of those early, you know, songs. Whereas I don't think Roy's catalog here is as well known, even by extreme Roy Orbison fans. Like, I was so into him, bought every record I could find. And when I started working here, I started digging through the catalog, and it's it's great. It's just not... It's more rockabilly than it is. Well, like Ubi Doobie. Oh, man. Ubi yeah. Doobie's one of the greatest rockabilly songs of that all time. That solo is a... Is a I oh, love yeah, the absolutely. solo. And Down the Line is great. My my favorite... Uh, what is the one he did here? Rock House. I love Rock House, but there's one... Oh, Sweet and Easy to Love You. And yeah. Devil Doll, I think. Devil Doll. Because I think sweet. both of those songs allude to the Roy that we get, where, where that like, we go, fall in love with. Where he's going to go yeah. in, like, 60, 61, right? Yeah. Like, but meeting his son was really cool. It was like, an, th- that's another neat thing about this room is you never know who's going to, like, come up here and come through. Is he also um, a musician? Uh, I don't know. I met, who did I meet? Was it Alex? I Alex. Does, I'm sure Alex plays. I I don't. We didn't really get to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to bother him. I, I rarely ask people even for pictures when they come through because I don't want to be tough yeah, yeah that's a thing right you want to try to save you, it you, you for when be, I really like mm-hmm. yeah. feel like I'd be dumb not to ask yeah. and I'm yeah. sure you get a lot of people that always want to come and see Sun Studios when they're in town touring right, whatever, right? yeah know, band members and, and I love that it's cool to see people just all the bands that come through I don't know that we've ever had I mean you get your divas every now and then I suppose and it, just like you do in every job uh, but for the most part everybody that comes through is like the coolest Hey, I, I have a Marion Keisker question. Was she was she always here for like the first Marion? Yeah. When when did she leave? All right. No, so she did. May I? Yeah. yeah go right so ahead. So Marion uh, was actually working at the radio station WREC down the street. Really cool thing about her is she um she was doing uh, like broadcasts, like like speaking parts, and the person who owned the station Hoyt Wooten. Uh, liked her so much Sweet that name, he, bro. yeah, no, I know Hoyt. <laughs> How he, you doing, Hoyt? He asked Marion basically to take a salaried position with WREC, um, so she was getting paid salary, and she could still go work at all the other radio stations in town. But WREC had to have precedent, you know, uh, had to have that had to be the one that she worked at primarily. 
So then as she's this hugely accomplished woman with like 8 million different jobs at this radio station and every radio station in town, a young, just out of college, Sam Phillips starts working there. And so Marianne was kind of like his boss for a little while. He was uh, broadcasting her Skyway Ballroom show that she hosted. Skyway Ballroom show? Yeah, it's on oh, top of the Peabody. Peabody yet? No. Well, you can't get in this late, can you, Plaz? It's too late, yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. You could go tomorrow I before Graceland. It's worth going on the roof. It's really cool. I just climb I up the fire out of the I Peabody. Next time, we need more than... 48 hours in Memphis. Yes, no wonder sure. you've been here yes. 18 times, I Lee. I should move. I should have moved here 30 years ago. That's, Dude, that's why I've lived late. here for 30 years. <laughs> that's what he kept saying on I'm the I'm going to move here and take down. your job, Daniel. Oh, shit. Never mind. Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> I do have a position opening up uh, very oh, soon. Oh, no. <laughs> Assistant engineer. Cush gig. Well, I learned very fast. Like, I learned how to, you know, edit and produce a podcast and... You know, all my very own lonesome. So, no, that's okay. The kids need me. <laughs> no, that's important. I and can't. it's it's not the easiest thing to figure out on your own either. Um, it's challenging in, in, in its own are. ways. That's really cool. Yeah. How, so how did you get interested in it? Like, what, what led you to decide, you know what? I'm not, I want to do a podcast, and I also want to make sure that I know how to you know, do all of the editing and, you know, producing of the podcast or the two of you. I mean, that's directed Mm -hmm. to both of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, a couple of years ago, and I feel like even two years ago, I think podcasts weren't as popular, right? Like with every passing year now, they're getting more and more and you get more and more messages from people being like, hey, you have a podcast. How do we do it as well? And I think what ended up happening was when I, I grew up in a small town in northern Ontario, so... Before all my friends started started collecting vinyl again, mm-hmm. I started collecting vinyl and I had a record player and I was listening to Led Zeppelin and Steely Dan yeah. and a lot of dad rock and I was really into that. And But I thought that that's all that there was. Yeah. I didn't know that there were bands my age still making music. So for me, it was very much something of the past and I was really sad a lot of the time that I had missed out on something. Yeah. Um, and I had missed out on Elvis, and I had missed out on the Beatles, and I just didn't have anything. So it made me really sad a lot. And then I moved to, I went away for university, and it was a town that was about an hour and a half away from Toronto, so it wasn't quite in Toronto, and it was a small town, so I was too afraid to go to Toronto anyways. And I just happened to be in this really rich environment of like art and culture. And all of a sudden, I ran into a couple of girls who just, like, lit my world on fire. Like, they they brought—it's like when Dorothy, like, left Kansas and went into— Technicolor. Technicolor. That's exactly what happened to my life. And um, they started bringing me to shows, and I saw that there was still live music happening. And I remember going back to my family and going back to my brothers and being like, do you know that this is still <laughs> happening in other parts of the country? That, like, there are bands our age that are still making music and it's not dead. Yeah. And I was so excited. So I started going to these shows. And um, I'm not a musician myself, and I never fashioned myself a musician. I never tried to be, but 
my friends and I, and more specifically my girlfriends and I, would go to the shows and we would support and we would bring the people out and we would dance and we would start the party. So a lot of the times when bands would tour from across Canada, and Canada's huge, right? We've got our West Coast, our East Coast, and it can take you like days and you know, days and days and weeks to get from one end of the country to the other. Right. So when we get bands come into our part of the city, a lot of the times, even if they played to an empty room and it was just us, they would come back again because of the hospitality, like we were saying yeah, earlier, yeah. that we offered to them and the friendships that we made. And then, you know, I'd go to Toronto and see shows. If you people who are paying attention, that's like a big deal too. Exactly. If you can tell Even that they give a shit, five. Uh, a damn about what you're doing. You'd rather you know? play to five people who give a damn than 500 people that aren't listening to you. Yes. So then I was questioning a lot, like, well, what's my role then? What am I doing here? Like, oh, like I'm not a musician, so I was really struggling with like my my part in all of this until I discovered Pamela DeBar's book, I'm With the Band, Confessions of a Group Somebody has to document this stuff, too. It's important. And there's so... Every day, a band is born and dies before... An amazing band, before you ever get an opportunity to hear what they did. And if there are not people that loved it, shouting from the mountaintop about, like, why, like, this mattered Pay to attention. Them, you yeah. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, then nobody's ever going to see what this person might have lived and breathed and died wanting and chasing. Mm-hmm. And that's an important, powerful thing, I think, that you... If it's worth it, you should be talking about it, you know? Yeah, and once I realized that I my role was important and just being there and being a fan and supporting and being either a friend or a love you know, or interest or, you know, having relationships with people who would come in and out of my life actually was a thing that had been happening right. for decades, then I felt like I wasn't alone in that and that I was actually playing a part in rock and roll history. And then there was a time where um, my dad got really ill. And so what I did to sort of cope was I opened up my laptop every day and I started writing down stories. And it was any stories, any stories from like any student that had made a profound effect on me to, but then it actually ended up that almost every second story was something about a band, something about a musician, a time that I went on tour, a time that like some, something crazy happened in a tour van. And so I realized, like, okay, so what am I going to do with this? Am I going to make a zine? Am I going to write a book? Am I going to self-publish? And then I had found out that there was a thing called a podcast. And I went, okay, this is it. This is where I'm going to share the stories, but not just mine. I'm going to share the stories of the women that have already talked about it from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and beyond. And then I met Lynx. And I always wanted a co-host. And she was the perfect one because... She, while I was kind of doing all of this stuff, she was sort of doing her own thing and living her own thing and on the tour buses of her own and living her, you know, her own life. And then we ended up coming together, realizing that yeah. we have this exact shared passion and it's just been taking off since then. Yeah, it's interesting because I sort of discovered like muses and groupies and things like that when I was like 12 or 13 just from loving like old bands like Rolling Stones and the Beatles and every once in a while you'd see a picture of like this beautiful girl beside them and I was like who is this person right. and, like how were they there and what were they doing and yeah so they it, must be interesting it, enough to exactly be... like they were special and just like these guys were special and yeah I was just wanted to know more and more about them and so luckily that's sort of when the internet started to be a thing and I would just research everything I could and collect photos and just try to seek out more information but because the internet was so new as well 
there wasn't that much information out there. So I actually, with a friend back in the live journal days, we... I remember those Yeah, days. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we created a group, and we called it Vintage Groupies, and we posted, like, all the photos that we could find and yeah. all the information we Patty could find Boyd, about these women. Marion Faithful, Anita Pollenberg. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people kept joining and adding more photos and adding more stories, and it sort of became a collection where I started to learn everything that I know now, and uh, it was like a podcast like the pre-podcast. Right, that's like, kind of the evolution yeah, of what the exactly. podcast Yeah, exactly. So this is like the perfect evolution, like you so said. So you yeah. both started like podcasting before being listeners of podcasts. Well, right? I wasn't doing like the radio part. I was doing just online, like yeah. journaling. Documenting. Yeah. Documenting, yeah. 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 And cool. I can look back. I have this thing that never actually launched. It was like a rock and roll story time with Shanti. And I had gotten some of the like top, you know, Peterborough bands that I thought to like to come over to my house recorded something on like my Mac laptop and I realized later the quality was shit and I had no idea how to edit and I was too young for that and it nothing ever happened with it mm-hmm. but I felt like I could kind of like give it another kick at the can again and do it a little bit later like better later but I already knew like the seeds had been planted early right. it's like everything that you do right and you can think about like your job here and your career and everything that let you yeah. hear there has been seeds that have been planted and things that have sprouted like this is the very first room I ever recorded in I can't oh, tell you that so I never after that happened I didn't set foot in this place for another 14 years because I'd been here and I just like didn't come through again. And then to think that I would end up working here is like bizarre. And <clears throat> sorry, I give tours all day, so my <laughs> voice is cracking. But it's bizarre and wild, and it brings it to to me. It creates a certain specialness about this room and place that is totally just unique to me and feels like oh, it's just special. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it feels like home in here because I remember it. I think I was talking with Mark Edgar Stewart, who's a great songwriter who also happens to work here. And he was telling me about coming through here when he was like 15 uh, and meeting Sam Phillips. And like, I was like, so how do you, how does that feel to you? Cause I, that's how old I was when I first came through to have like been here and be here now. He's like, well, it's incredible. It's like, you never would have expected that, you know? Um, yeah. To go back and tell like your childhood self, like this is going to be your trajectory. It's unimaginable. We're, I, I've said this before. Like, I think we've said this today. We've said this this week as we're right. coming here. Like we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. We are such fortunate people. And just to take the, the second to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is so positive, and this whole experience, yeah, sharing these stories. So much fun, rock and it's, it's so yeah, much fun. Actually, it's just like it's oh, it just means so much. Yeah, to me, you know? we get so much out of it yeah. every time we release an episode. It's like another accomplishment, and we're almost on episode 100, and we still high five every time we record something. Exactly, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. where did Plez go? Plez, are you still back there? I'm here. Oh, do shit. you want to tell us about Barbara? Yes. Oh yes, I'll have to do that. It's well, Plez, do you can you. How much Barbara do you know? Because there's not any books I've really found on her. Talking about Barbara Pippen? Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Tell, okay, tell so, some good stories while I go grab well, us all beers. I mean, I don't you need have, anything, Plus? Uh, yeah, I'll have a beer. That sounds great. Um, Barbara Pittman was a. I think she was from. She's kind of like a Carl Perkins uh, esque, uh, from maybe even like Jackson. Uh, Tennessee, like that kind of. There was there was a dichotomy to the artist, which is that um, it's either East Tennessee, which means they came from like the hills, so they're like hillbilly, or there was the 
Mississippi, the cotton farm guys that came up. Um, but Barbara was from East Tennessee. She, um, she really, really had a good relationship with Sam. So they spent a lot of time like working on her work. Um, and she's, I think she's probably one of the most under credited people whose stuff came out on the sun label, really, really breaking a lot of ground. Like Sam was breaking a lot of ground in the early days mm-hmm. with the black artists. Um, it was working. Okay. But he was also trying to push a female artist, um, kind of thing. And I mean, that's the radio station ends up being the thing. W H E R, uh, W H Sam created a radio station called WHER. It was the world's first all-woman radio station. That's insane. That's so incredible. That's so cool. Uh, 10,000 beautiful watts. What year is that? It's 50. It's it's right around the Elvis times. So it's like 54, 55. Um, That's amazing. Marion Marion worked there. Sam's wife was Becky, uh, was also in radio. So they all, it, he he owned it. But the women ran it, and and he always uh, talked about at least having an idea before WDIA for an all-black format radio station that he was kind of beaten to the punch at. So I guess WHER was his way of coming back in late to the game and creating something that had never been done before. (laughs) Hey! Do you know how long that station was lasting? WHER is still, I mean, technically the, the... you know the what's it called the frequency is still uh another it's another station now 1530 i think um not all women it was anymore. no no and it was it was sam's station probably for like five to ten years so it would have been done by the 70s that's amazing think, that in that time he thought cheers. to showcase with, like, i know female talent like i know that. i think that's so cool about it Sam. is he was, yeah. like, it's, it's something that. i think he deserves a certain amount of credit for although he, it should be the base level for not, like everybody but it's yeah. not just but it's not just that he did um you know that he it's I, I shouldn't say empowered women i don't think that that's the right thing but he sam like believed in women's ability to run uh you know radio station enough to get one but he also i mean in the earlier times with the blues artists like it was all stuff that nobody was doing in the world i just think it was his biggest rule is just be different yeah every yes if i can say i'm the only person in the world doing this then i'll do it and i think that's sam like he was totally into that and barbara pittman's not the only well, there's the Miller sisters, yeah. and, and... but not only not only the artists that he recorded here, but he also like he helped um, female label owners uh, all over the all over the country, really, but especially throughout the South. Do like, you remember? Any... There's such thing as female label owners. Yeah, yeah. wasn't Moon Records what? owned by a woman? Moon was. Yeah, uh, trumpet. Of course, Moon Records. Yeah. Moon Records was Come in on. Memphis, and it was like yeah. as an offshoot, not an offshoot of Sun, but like as an answer, right? Like to Sun. It was like that's why they it called was. it Moon. Right. And it was. What was the name of that woman? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. Well, you've it's got a the full internet. Moon tonight. <sighs> Back to trumpet. Right. That was a. That was a lady in New Orleans. It's a full moon. It's a sturgeon moon. Oh, I don't know. It's a good night. Yeah, it's a full moon. So if you guys have anything, any, like, you know, things that you need to release, then it's a good time Mm. to just, like, 
Just get them done. Yeah. Yeah, you just get okay. that out of your system. Oof. You know, anything that's, that's not you serving you anymore, you just push that right out of your system, and then you cycle into your... Can I burp? Yeah, yeah, yeah get it out Dude, of you. Release it. It's, all right. You just release it. I've been burping into this microphone all night. <laughs> I have held a few back, but boy, I'm going to really give it to you next time, y'all. Actually, um, I was talking with uh, these two podcasters... Um, yesterday and two girls from new york and they're called rock candy and they're saying that they have to edit constantly their podcast because they're always saying um uh uh and they're always burping into the microphone that's awesome and i Keeping told them the burps, that's what i yeah. mic. well i told <laughs> them that real. Lynx and i very rarely edit, edit. our podcast it tends yeah. to just oh. flow naturally yeah. Only if it's a super oh. long pause or, some or issue a happens. really or yeah, a yeah. really we've had some like knocks stutter. on the door or something. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, it's it's pretty straight through. Yeah. My dad used to keep a microphone set up hooked up to a tape machine, and he recorded his farts. <laughs> <laughs> we heard you have a pretty awesome dad. Sounds like Frank. Something Frank Zappa would do. So yeah, do you? Do you want to tell them about your dad, or do you want me to? My pa, your pa. Yeah, tell us about your pa. Uh, yeah, my dad. Um, my dad moved to Memphis in the um, kind of in the mid to late seventies. He moved here to get, you know, in the music, and um, it's just really funny because I think like most of the time people from Memphis are just from Memphis. They just stay from Memphis, and it's just like that forever. But my dad moved here from Houston uh, to get himself wrapped up in the Memphis music scene, having uh, heard uh, Led Zeppelin 3, uh, which was recorded or mixed and mastered at a studio called Ardent. Also, Big Star was a band that he worked with. And um, he moved here and he ended up, it was like, fuck, it was crazy. One day in 78, the engineer didn't show up. Daniel, do you have your headphones on? I think Daniel might He's like to hear this. He's about to put his headphones so on. So one day... Daniel, put your headphones on. You need to hear this. Daniel. Yes? <clears throat> put your headphones on. So one day, on. I wasn't uh, John, John Hampton uh, was sitting, well, was answering, John the, answering the phone and answering the door at Arden. And um, the engineer on a session did not show up. And so John Hampton ended up saying, I can maybe do this. And he went and he um, recorded a record that day. And then over the next 40 years, he, I want to say, I think it's like 40 or 50 gold and platinum records and uh, six total Grammys and a bunch of other like Well, the Jim Blossom, massive. the White Stripes, uh, like a what? Right, yeah. So with the ZZ Top, or... George Thurgood, Steve Earle, uh, Cat Power. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot he did cat power. Yeah. Wild shit. It's it's nuts. John Hampton was their he was their Memphis top engineer um at Arden, which is like the Abbey Road of Memphis kind of, and he was there in that position for a really long time. So my dad was badass. Cool. And I never ever recorded a thing until I started doing it here. That's so cool. Oh, can we give a shout out to badass dad? Yeah. Um, Lynx, Lynx's dad and my dad are our biggest fans. They listen every single week. We did an episode on this woman named Allison Rouse, who actually in her, the title of her book is like Allison Rouse, We've Got Tonight, like 
notorious, notorious groupie. groupie. And uh, I accidentally said that Cheap Trick was and Foreigner were Canadian because I just really went through her book really quickly. Yeah, that's yeah I know. <laughs> Suck the wind between your teeth. <laughs> and my dad was the first one to message me and be like, they no. are not Canadian. <laughs> if it makes you I'm feel so any better, I couldn't tell you where either of them were from. Really? Come on. Cheap Trick? Are yeah. they like I, Cheap Trick? Uh, oh, yeah. Like I well, listened to both. Noise, but, yeah. Yeah. And Foreigner is like Mick Jones is is British. I thought that when you said it, Smith. but you were you you were pretty like, you know, forward with. Those crickets. Are I didn't I didn't want to doubt you on that. Yeah, I know. And then actually, she I guess somebody had sent her the link of the podcast that we had done on her, and she messaged us the next day and was like, "Thank you so much for that great review on my book. You got a couple of facts wrong, but I loved it, <laughs> and I would love to come on your podcast for an interview." And so we're like, "Okay," I was like, "I'm so sorry, we've been the so facts busy. are right, We're going to interview long as you're her talking and about make somebody. up for that like, little, you know, air. It's a small air. Yeah, she was. Okay, do you know you know John Entwistle? Yeah. You know how there was um signed like there was the paper like John Whistle die John Entwistle dies in a hotel room with a um, stripper. stripper prostitute overdose. Yeah, cocaine hookers. No, I do not know. Cocaine about that. cocaine and hookers. Well it was That's cocaine and hooker in his put out hotel there. That days. was her yeah, that that yeah. was the story that yeah. was put out. But she wasn't a sex worker, and she wasn't doing any drugs. But that's how they like portrayed and even her. Even if she was, like that doesn't exactly. disqualify her Thank from her Daniel. humanity. He doing like, yeah, exactly. Daniel, oh thank God. you for that. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, nobody's saying that she killed him though. With that, they were. They were though. They were. They were. They were. Up. It's his choice. Actually, Plez, do you ever give tours here? I do all the time. Best you tours. You sing and like nope. dance and stuff, nope. or you keep it pretty? No, I'm a total. I fucking really enjoyed smart you singing ass. in the tour, Daniel. That, actually, oh, it really? showed your passion for it. it I worry it, it's it, too loud. No, it's great. I just try it to is. do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. I just try to do. I just try to be myself in every interaction with people. And I'm sure I don't always accomplish that, but you, you know. must have different groups come in, like some that are sort of quiet, some that are more Y'all were boisterous. A really good group. I what really enjoyed Which like, one? giving the tour to everybody in that group. The 5.30 today that you gave me. Plez actually almost gave you the tour. Oh, y'all almost got the best tour in the house. Uh, I mean, actually, you Daniel's, didn't hear his Marion no, story. It's know, tops mine, I undoubtedly. I, I did, I did I give you probably that. the best part. So Daniel, uh, actually, funny enough, is of a newer um, kind of class of uh, tour guides here, and he plays music on his tour mm-hmm. uh, he i mean not just plays music we play the songs but daniel actually performs uh during a piece of his tour and i i think it's really I didn't do that really, really for y'all i usually play little... the upright bass on yeah. this uh old conway twitty song when he was still performing under the name harold jenkins dum, dum, i think i played dum, that one dum, when no dum, i didn't play that dum. one when y'all were walking down today no we uh, got the guitar with the dollar bill yeah Everybody yeah, does well, that. So, okay, um, let me just say that sometimes Daniel plays uh, a little bit when he knows he has time as people are coming downstairs. And it's... Um, are we really going to do this? I think it's air? really neat, man. <laughs> yeah, because the tours... Because as I started working here, um, the tours were always recitation. That's um, an oral storytelling. Like, it's a very specifically sometimes... Maybe like stand-up routines are a way to think of it, but Daniel and a few other people, Tiffany, Tiffany Graham plays. as well. We have uh, some great, like some of the women who give tours they here. They changed the tours. I, I never th- thought I would ever see it, and I've seen it. 
and I'm so happy. It's cool. It is really cool. We're kind of given the freedom to, as long as we, you know, give a shit, you know, we have the freedom to kind of tell the story the way we see it. Mm -hmm. And I think the interpretation of what you come away from with the story of what happened in this room, uh, I think that's cool that it's not like, here's the script, learn the script. Well, and the tour, and the tour is, sorry. You know, it's okay. But you, we know you have a lot to say. The tour is like the <laughs> coolest thing in the city. The tour of Sun is, I mean, I think it's probably better than even Graceland. It's the uh, coolest thing. Will Michael Jackson that out? It's cool. The, yeah. the coolest Beep. thing. I love the Sun, the Sun Tour, and I've been here like 15, 16 times. Yeah. And I love you it every time. Up, because every time I get a different tour guide. Have you had Lana's tour? If you've been coming here that many times, Lana last probably, year, I was here last summer. And do you I remember a, who gave a, the tour to you? It was a woman. Do you, you don't remember, I, don't I guess remember you can get, a, get a name. Uh, it's too bad you guys aren't going to be in town for longer because you could totally. You, I, I would love to know if you'd seen anybody else's tour just so I can find out if mine is better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, I've cool. seen so many. And the, the reason I love it, though, is because. Yours is my favorite. Well, you don't By know far. that. Yeah. Have you seen anybody else's? No. <laughs> there you go, then. But you like, can't trust that. But, like, that. there's not much to the building. Like, you go to Graceland, there's lots of rooms you can go through, and you can walk, and you go over and see this, and you go see this, and you go see that. But yeah. this is basically, it's one, one, one and a half rooms, basically, yeah. that you want to check out. And it's like an audio tour. So you come in here, and you just take in the vibe, and you, you play some select cuts that were recorded here. And as they're being played, you can envision, like, Wow, this music was yeah, the addition right of the music is amazing. You, yeah. you definitely get the vibe. I liked how you were like, for the love of God, well, maybe you didn't say it in those words, but you're just like, don't touch any of the <laughs> instruments because we had an issue where somebody came and played the upright well, and bass. Strangely and, enough, no one had touched it. Like when it fell over. Can you go into heard, detail on that? You oh, yeah. I'll tell that story. You Absolutely. mentioned that someone like knocked over. I was so curious. I was like, who is that so... asshole that came in, went behind that stand-up bass and started going. I finished a tour with a really good group of like people who, because some, well, I don't know if I, it's important you're engaged with what the person telling you something about is, is, it's important you're engaged if you go to what is essentially a show and that you're not just, like, over there bored. Um, and sometimes you, that does happen. You'll get groups where you're like, oh, you guys are stuck with me for 40 <laughs> minutes and you're ready to go to Beale Street. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so I'd just given a great tour to, like, a, a great group of people. I walk out. I open the door for everyone to exit. I can't even get back down the stairs into Marion's office before someone's like, hey, um, there was a really loud bang in the studio, which is never what you want to hear. No. And they're like, I'm not sure what it was. And I was like, and I bet, you know what? I bet that's who did it because they were like, probably like, I gotta yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I didn't even like, I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. I walk in and there's a crowd of people around the upright that is just like, like I could have chalked it out on the floor. Oh. Um, and so anyways, I, uh, oh, did you see that? What? That amp just knocked as you said that. Really? Yeah. It's like a ghost. One of the ghosts. Of some I mean, studios. sometimes you see the things up here. The amp is that someone. Yeah. Like, well, that's where the bass used to sit. The one that fell was this one right here. The ghost of Bill Black. Yeah. Just resonated through that amp on the story. So he. So so the bass falls. I come in the bridge. It was that bass right there, 1940s K. That's that Plez could tell you a really cool story about that bass. Uh, but the bridge had snapped in. And that was all the damage that I could see. And I was like, 
Oh, this is going to have to be repaired. So I call Amro Music here in Memphis because they do like basically all our tuning and that kind of work on these types of instruments and explain the problem. And it's like a $300 fix, which is we can take care of it. It's not a big deal. And no one owned up to like like someone totally went over there, tried to pluck a string and didn't realize and it fell. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I find out during the course of the conversation that I can fix it myself. And so I put the bridge back on and it, I thought it was like adhered to the body when really it's held by the tension of the strings yeah, and not. There yeah. And the they said as long as the dowel rod inside of it, which I also did not know upright basses had that. Uh, as long as that is still connected and attached and not falling down into it, you should be okay to fix it yourself. So I did. And I was so relieved because that bass, I've never felt so... I don't play bass. Like, ex- I know one song on that and two songs. And uh, it's like I feel so much affection for that instrument. I love it so much. It's beautiful. It's the best. Eh? You can see its history. Yes. Okay, so Plez, now tell the, uh, the story about the upright K. Because I feel like that bass also... I mean, This for, bass is a 1941 bass? Uh, do you know the exact... I know it's a 40s K. I don't know. Um, Plez. Plez. He's smoking. He's oh, he okay, so when he gets back, yes. he can we'll tell talk that about story. The yeah. um, it's amazing the that you, got, you, you were able to fix it, though. I was shocked that I could. Oh, I, I, that was the first and only so time lucky. I hope I ever have to do that. Yeah. It broke my heart because I was so worried it was going to be done. Now, tell me this. Did I tell your group that it had broken and was done, or did I like, imply that we fixed it? You just said that it, it was... A disaster or horrendous. Like, don't touch because we had an accident. You <laughs> well, that's so detail. much more effective to remind people, hey, you could be the one to really fuck this yeah. up for all of us. Don't, you just throw down that. Like, 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 we fixed it, but, like, no. Yeah. I definitely was uh But how many sure of these I instruments are actually vintage didn't touch guitars? Anything? Well, a lot of them are vintage. The only ones that... The so we don't really know if that's a '40s K and if it has been in Memphis the entire time since it's been around. It could have been in this room at some point. Yeah. But I mean, I can't tell you it was. I don't think so either. Now the there's a silver tone guitar over there that we got from Carl Perkins' family. Yeah. And I asked somebody who was playing with Carl near the end of Carl's life if he'd ever seen it before to just see if I could confirm. Verify it. Yeah. Yeah. And. And he said, yeah, I remember seeing one that looked like this when we were at his home studio. And so I feel like I can say for sure that that one is at least from somebody here. Um, that's Marty Stewart's guitar. That's a 1930s Gretsch, um, which I also love that guitar. I don't remember if I picked that up and played it to, on your tour or it was not. Just, but. It was just like the dollar bill that you yeah. picked it. Sometimes I'll pick them up. Sometimes I feel like with the room, if you're like, hey, don't touch this, and then I'm like, <laughs> like it just looks really looks rude. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I'm not trying to give off that kind of... But the thing I, you didn't mention on your tour, though, which is a kind of cool fact, though, is when Sun closed down there in the early 60s and Sam moved to the other location, this was empty for a while, and at one point it became like a, like a, a swimmer shop. So, so, yeah, so scuba big, shop, so scuba which shop, there's right? nowhere to scuba dive that I know of except, in like, Memphis? maybe in a Memphis. pool. Know, like, right? you can't really scuba dive yeah. the Mississippi. You'd never be seen again. I'm guessing you know? they weren't in business for that long? Uh, that's the actually the very first thing that occupied the space after Sam left. Yeah. Now, the but, sto- the, but all the tiles... The floor tiles are original. And are in the I'll show you guys something right? that no one else that's listening will get to see, Ooh. so this will be special. Wait. But I can show you how I can actually prove that the tiles on the floor are real. The tiles on the wall and the ceiling, it gets a little dicier because... 
it's the from about I don't even know. Let let me keep some mystery. What they did, I don't know which ones. There are definitely some over the years that have had to be replaced. I will not put a number on how many that is because I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they put a paneling up for these other businesses and a drop ceiling in. So the ceiling is probably the most original aspect beyond the floor. The lighting fixtures are all original. I cannot tell you the nerves you feel when you're taking the lamp off to change a bulb. Um, Yeah, it's just like, ooh, I just don't want to drop the glass. But the floor, the owner takes so much pride and care in keeping this floor original that, I mean, the tiles, like, you can see there's places where they have broken. I mean, they've been around 70 mm-hmm. years now almost or more. Um, but he takes so much pride in keeping this place as true to its structural foundation as possible That's that when tiles break, he will come in here with a blowtorch to rem- get them he- to where you can loosen them and they just kind of, like, peel up because it's laminate. Then re-adhere them and, pl- and blowtorch them again to seal so that the floor stays original. original. I love that. That oh. is special. I mean, like, I don't think that it's... It- it's still the same place, but it's kind of like the ship of, is it Theseus? The argument of like, is it original if it's all been shifted and yeah. changed over the years? You know, It's nice, the attention of detail that's, yes, that he puts I, into this. I love that. John Shore is the owner's name. He's a really cool guy. The Shores have managed the place since like the 90s, as I understand it. And it's cool because they keep the like charm alive in this room for the people they hire to work here, for the environment that is created with... We've got a great staff, you know, that that is really fun to work with, and it's it's just so hard to have a bad day up here. I think I would probably take this whole story out, like to be honest. That's <laughs> uh, beautiful, man. But but uh, <laughs> but I love I love I love being in here. Um, Are you a fan of the music? Oh, absolutely. Before you got this job? Yeah, I, w- I was. So my dad was a huge Elvis fan. Yeah. He also was uh, or is a extremely conservative Church of Christ preacher. So I left the day I turned 18 with nothing but the Chick-fil-A <laughs> uniform I had on my back. So it was just like, and we like, it's, I, we don't speak, you know. Um, but he was a huge Elvis fan. So I grew up listening to everything he could get his hands on with Elvis. And Elvis is, is undeniable in my opinion. But I do think growing up here and seeing how much his impact has had on the world and knowing all of the things that are happening now in Memphis that have happened in the last couple of decades and post like 50s era stacks, high records. Uh, I mean, Three Six Mafia, uh, Unapologetic is like this awesome hip hop and R&B thing happening right now that I feel like someday people are going to be coming from all over the world to be like asking questions about these people. And I wish we could find that same level of enthusiasm for even the stuff that like Big Star. You know, I mean, that's like something that is they literally altered the course of where pop music went. And so many people don't even know. They were the first power pop band, pretty much. Yeah. And that's like if you're not in a band and you know about Big Star, that's not unlikely. You know, there's so many people who don't. And there's so Memphis is full of stories like that. Mm -hmm. Clay Otis is this guy who just passed away a year or two ago uh, who put out one of the best records I've ever heard. Jonna Meisner is this incredible songwriter and cello player that lives here. So much talent in her harmonies, her vocals. Marcella, uh, who, who sings in a band, Marcella and her lovers. Kelly Anderson is, she was this woman who writes 
and his the best solos, the good best guitar solos, dude. Yeah, like yeah. you would literally. It, you, She's a local everybody, artist. yes, yeah. everybody. When Kelly Anderson and these people I've mentioned play, like it's one of those things where you might be over there texting or talking, and then suddenly you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah, what's going on on stage?" Because they get your this attention. is different. This is good. Um, Have you gotten to record with them here yet? Not with Kelly yet. With Marcella and Jana, yes. We had a really cool night in here cutting a song of mine that's going to come out some sometime soon. Uh, in this room with Pro, who's a hip-hop writer around here in Memphis, on Unapologetic, the label I mentioned, he was here that night. Um, and it's there. I just can't say enough good things about what's happening now and the ta- level of talent Memphis still has. Yeah. What it's like, music is it? Like so Marcella songs? moved here from New Orleans, I believe after Katrina, and she has what is called like a swamp soul sound. And I think swamp that's the soul. best description of it, too. Yeah. She plays with this incredible guitar player, David Kowser. Uh, she's got Roy Mills Sullivan on drums, um, Art Edmiston on sax. He plays with Ario Speedwagon a lot. And uh, God, I hope I got that right. If, if, Art ever hears it. <laughs> if not, um, my dad so will. Many, or, maybe, <laughs> maybe, or maybe it was the Allman Brothers, actually, I, or both. I mean, Art is an incredible saxophone player. Um, you've got Alicia. Uh, she does Alicia Pop. She played with Jay Retard. Um, she's also in a band. Oh, what was their name? The River City Tan Lines, which is a great band name. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Link's got some big. I got Memphis. More than a tan today. Memphis tan Lines. Tan Lines today. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was worth it though. Sunburnt got to be by the pool. pool. It's so. Yeah. It's so. I, I'm not the kind of. You know, as soon as it turns warm and. Uh, I find people are like, oh, it's too hot. And then it's the winter, and they're like, oh, I'm freezing. But as soon as it gets hot, I, I know, I love, love this it. Weather. So I didn't, I never complain about how hot it is, but I was sitting outside today by the pool, and I was like, I don't remember when I've been sitting somewhere and it's been this hot before, yeah. but I loved it. I really, really it is. Liked it. Today was so bad. We had yeah. a breath, uh, like a breath of fresh air for a couple weeks where it was tolerable. And then, I mean, we'll get to October sometimes, sometimes even early november and it's still like yeah. oh man that sounds like heaven to me though well we we get Oppressive. sometimes like the same temperatures that you guys get and the humidity in toronto is pretty bad too but just the feeling of the sun on your skin yeah. is completely different like you feel it within like a minute i can feel my skin being like oh my god what is this on me right now <laughs> you know? everything feels really it's amazing intense, since yeah. we've been here it's and intense. Memphis is intense. i think you will i think Memphis is probably one of my favorite places in the whole world yes. now. Because it's really, yes. I mean, it's, it's an incredible so, place. Yeah, you have, and you guys have. So thank you so, so, so much Let's for, for having Let's us. Yeah, and thank you for coming I, you, Yes, I'm very tempted to move here. And if you guys... Um, for come to come Toronto, up to Toronto for the love of God, please call well, us. Well, we've been talking about taking some trips, and we I think we're about to, to have you. Me and Daniel were just talking about taking yep. a trip to were Toronto. We really? <laughs> I remember. Mm-hmm. Close Especially enough. Means hanging out with y'all. This yeah. has been yeah. we'd love to. Give, we'd love to, and that's the whole thing about you reciprocate with the, the with what I loved. And from, we, we can bring you into our studio. Yeah, yeah links can hook us up. We'll give you a Massey Hall backstage. I work well, at a couple music venues, like. Massey Hall's our most famous yeah. special venue. Oh, man, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. yeah. I love, I'm, I'm such a nerd for this stuff. 
like microphone placement, studios, <laughs> and like see like venues, bands. I will sit through anything and go anywhere if there's the possibility that something really fucking cool is happening mm-hmm. in that space. And you don't know till you've gone and checked it out, you know? Yeah, you can feel mm. the magic. It's like you feel it here. Yeah. This is. That's like, probably also the tiny bombs. Possibly, <laughs> uh, this night yeah. is brought to you by our unofficial Can't. sponsor of hey, Tiny Bombs. You know, if you give them a shout out, I, I could probably like get them to be like, <laughs> it's can't. actually delicious. <laughs> it really is really good. Muses and Stuff is produced by Chantal Lemieux and Link Solo. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Please visit rockandrollarchaeology.com for more information. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.